Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you and praise you for this opportunity to gather together, to fellowship you. Father, we thank you and praise you for this opportunity to preach your word. We pray now that it will go forth and will not return void. Father, we pray for open hearts and open minds as we, as we build the kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. <clears throat> all right, so, like I said, not all jokes are good jokes. I just got to live with it for a second. So this pastor had been uh, not having very good success hunting and decided that he was going to skip church one Sunday morning and go bear hunting. And he had traipsed through the woods and around and over and, and just could not come up with a bear. And so he put his gun down and he walked out into the stream to cool off and he splashed some water on his face. And when he looked up, there was a large grizzly bear running towards him across the stream. And he fell to his knees and said, Lord, if you do anything for me, please convert this bear if it's possible. And please make him a Christian. And all of a sudden the bear froze, got down on his knees, threw his hands up and said, Lord, we just thank you for this meal that you have provided for us today. <laughs> I've heard it told. I've never told it. So there you go. All right. So um, what we're going to talk about today is running your race. And everybody in here is an individual and everybody in here has a separate race. Not everybody. It's not like the 800 in the Olympics, right? Where everybody lines up on the same line. Everybody starts with the same time frame. Everybody runs the same 800 meters and stops. That's not what this is about. In fact, in Psalms it says that your steps are ordered by God in Psalms 37. So your race is different than everybody else's race. And I know you think, well, you know, we kind of all are alike. So we're going to talk about some stuff. <clears throat> it's mostly race mentality. And you'd be surprised how many times the word Paul and those guys in the New Testament used the word race as an as a illustration of what was taking place. But what I want to talk to you about is our race. So when we in the race of life, it's set in segments, right? And you, you can set it in whatever segments you want to, whether it's um, years or months or days or however many. I mean, days seems to be the most ob obvious segment, right? So just to give you an example, uh, Charlie Roar. Craig and JL's little girl has been on this planet for 152 days. So her race has just started good, right? And in the contrast, and I, I just let you know, I, I, I prefaced this beforehand that she's not going to be mad at me. Miss Elsie Locklear has been here 35,514 days. Now, if you want to talk about something, that's 25 leap years. 20, 25 leap years. Right? Some of y'all ain't 25, period, and 25 <laughs> leap years. But 35,514 days. In that 35,514 days, almost guaranteed that she got up every day with that beautiful smile on her face and went about her race. <clears throat> I'll tell you a story about Miss Elsie. Four or five years ago, you broke your hip. Something like that. Four or five years ago, so that makes Miss Elsie like 93 or four-ish. She broke her hip. Granddaddy was still here. I was not the pastor, but at that point in time, he had assigned me to check on folks. And I went by to check on Miss Elsa. So she's 90, well, let's say 93, with a broke hip. And when I got to her house, she apologized to me because her front flower beds were just full of weeds. That she had not been out there to get them clean. Now, at that time, four years ago, I was probably 40 years old. And you couldn't see my flower beds for the weeds. I mean, we just didn't have that. 
But it puts in perspective who she is and her character that she was going to apologize to me for her yard being unsightly at 93 with a broke hip. Yet she runs a different race than I run. Still raised tomatoes from scratch, too, right? All that stuff. I mean, she's she just an amazing lady. But her race and your race is not the same. And unfortunately, we have a really bad habit of looking at other people's races and seeing where they're at and comparing ourselves on day, you know, 8,400 to 35,000. You're not in the same place as anybody else and it's on purpose. Even the twins, right? My twins are born on the same day. They go to the same school. They live in the same room. They drive the same car. Yet they're completely different and they run separate races. They have different opinions. <clears throat> we sat at dinner Friday night <coughs> waiting on pizza forever and they argued over when the United States should have got into World War II. Now that was the discussion point. Now whether or not when the United States should have got into World War II. And they were adamantly against each other on, no, you don't understand they did this. No, you don't understand they did that. No, it was Pearl Harbor. No, it was, we should have been in before Pearl Harbor because they sank our ship. I mean, they have different, but, but in theory, they run in the same or it's pretty similar, same race, right? They have the same color eyes. They're approximately the same height. They play the same sport. They go to the same school. They take the same classes. I mean, everything's the same. Yet, they have two very different set of friends, right? Mostly. They have some friends in the middle, but they have separate friends. And they have seven opinions on stuff. So that makes each one of them unique. Just like us. We're unique. And what makes it so special about us running our races is, and I know I, I God really wants y'all to get this because I've been talking about this for a while, but you touch people in your life that nobody else can. And when we run our race appropriately, right, if... If you're a hurdler and you're running your race and you trip over every hurdle and then you skin your knees and get up bloody and then trip over the next hurdle and then trip over the next hurdle and then trip over the next hurdle and then trip over the next hurdle, I think it's 10. Anyway, you continue to do it the whole race. How many people think that they're the next guy racing that's going to come ask you for advice? <laughs> Other than just the sheer will that I'm going to finish the race, you're not a very good advice giver at that moment in time. So when we face hurdles in our lives and we fall down well you know when you're racing in a race in, in, in the hurdles in the Olympics everybody's watching right but sometimes when you're racing your race if you trip over a hurdle nobody else might not know right you might have mama was pregnant with um, me her, her sugar was a little bit high and she went to the grocery store and I, you know I guess that's 44 years ago almost 45 now and they had a six pack of Krispy Kreme donuts and she wanted a donut. And so she went home and she, she bought a six pack of donuts and, and she ate a donut. And then she was cleaning and she ate another donut. And I, ate, I think she ate two or three. Then she realized that daddy was going to be upset if she <coughs> ate these donuts and was going to be mad at her. So what did she do? Throw the package away? Heck no, we ate the other three and then threw the package away. <laughs> because she didn't want any, she's not here. She's teaching a little bit. She'll fuss at me later. It'll be okay. But nobody would have known. And here's the thing about my mama, if you want to know. Nobody would have ever known that story if she hadn't told on herself. 
She run her race. She kept her mouth shut. Nobody ever known. There was a six-pack donuts in the trash can. Not a soul. Same thing with you. When you're running your race, if you fall down and nobody's watching, how about keep your mouth shut for a minute and get up and brush yourself off and go on down the road? Because not everybody needs to know. Now, I'm going to tell you an important part of this message is our testimony. <clears throat> because that hurdler that fell down ten times and got up ten times, that day, their advice is not very good at how to run the race. In retrospect, having the sheer grit and will to stand back up, brush yourself off, and continue to run as hard as you can, that's a good testimony. We have been in situations, you have been in situations that are unique to you, kind of. <clears throat> when, when you go through situations years ago, and then you see people in similar situations, sometimes it is very beneficial to go to them in private. Right? You don't have to call them out in front of all their friends and go, hey, I know what you're going through. I've been there. And I'll listen anytime you want to talk. See, that's what a good race runner looks like. A good race runner is not look at me. A good race runner is trying to help people that are around them. And when we run our race efficiently, and so let's, let's get into some scripture. I don't think I'm just making all this up. So um, I want to start in, in Romans 5. And I, I, I promise, I don't know what it is, but the book of Romans is just like, man, if I preach a sermon and it don't have at least a Roman scripture in it, I feel like I haven't done a very good job. No, I'm not. I'm teasing. All right, so Romans 5, 3. Not only so... But we also glory in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produce perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because we have God's love poured out in, into our hearts through his Holy Spirit. So that perseverance that we're talking about, the hurdler getting up and moving forward, that's valuable. That's a valuable trait. Let's think about Miss 35,000 over here. If... 25,000 ago, she said, you know, this ain't worth nothing. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm tired of this. I quit. How many more days does she get after that? Not a lot. I mean, it, it, the older I get, the dumber I get. But the older I get, I see people. And, and when, you, when you see people that are up in age, as long as they're pushing forward and they're happy and they want to be here and they have a purpose and they're driven, that perseverance and adds strength. And that strength just keeps them moving forward. But how many times when you see somebody who, who is up in age, or maybe not even up in age, who says, I don't want to be here anymore. I quit. I don't want to play. How long does it take? I'm not very long. And that's unfortunate. But as we run our race, right? So when we talk about that hope, let's, let's, let's move to Isaiah. And, it, and this is a, a scripture that's, you know, it's a t-shirt scripture. But Isaiah 40, verse 28. Do you not know or have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creators of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary. In his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not grow faint. I can tell you that Miss Elsie's strength and Miss Cricket and Grandmama and Amy Rhoda 
Mr. William, I mean, all of those folks that are in the golden ages, how wonderful a job. That I guarantee you that if they sat down and talked to you for a minute, they probably think about the love for God, the love for their family, and how much they enjoy reading their Bible. I almost guarantee it. In fact, when you start talking about what they look forward to in that age group, I would bet coming to church and fellowshipping with y'all is probably one of the top things they do in a week. Why? Because they love God and they love the thing and they have that hope that never gives out. That hope that where God just renews them and renews them and renews them. That personal relationship with God that sustains them. Sustains them for decades. 25 leap years. That's unfathomable. But they didn't get it. They didn't come this far in the race. Sitting around doing nothing, not caring about nothing. Not, I mean, can you imagine? They're not couch potatoes. And even if they are a little bit now because they're physically limited, it wasn't because they were their whole life. They didn't sit on the sidelines. They ran their race. They raised their children. They loved their spouses. That's how we move forward. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you, those are the people that we should be looking forward to on how to run the race. Because when you talk about the race that happens, look, we all started. And at some point in time, we're all going to end. I mean, it's a guarantee, right? We're just in the dash part of the numbers of what number we started with and what number we end with. But if we don't do our best to live every day according to God's will, if we don't do our best to run our race every single stinking day, then what are we doing? I mean, really, what are we doing? If we allow ourselves to just be mediocre, lukewarm, half-hearted, who are we doing justice to? Have you ever been, have you ever watched a race on TV and like all the people in the front running hard and there's some dude like halfway back just, just in a leisurely jog? Unfortunately, as Christians, I see a lot of folks that are in leisurely jobs that are running in a race for their life that could be great witnesses, could be great role models, would have wonderful testimony. And instead, we're still falling down over the hurdles because we ain't willing to pick our feet up high enough to keep going. Our job as Christians is to run our race the best humanly way possible every day. And when this segment of the race is done, the day at dark, when you close your eyes and you wake up tomorrow and you start a new segment, we have to start with the same vigor, the same perseverance, the same confidence that God orders my steps. That it might look like I don't know what I'm doing, but praise God, I know that God told me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. As we move forward, as the race gets deeper and deeper and deeper, we can't get distracted, turned away. In fact, you know... Um, Turn to the book of Galatians. And Paul was kind of rough on the Galatians at times. I mean, they must have been trifling folks, right? They must have not done exactly what he was told to do. But if you turn to the uh, book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 7, Paul says, you are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of per persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. <clears throat> who stopped you from doing what you were supposed to do? Who offended you to where you don't want to come back to church? Who somehow told you that God doesn't love you? 
Who somehow turned you off to Christianity? What happened? You were running a good race. You were coming. You were doing. You were getting better. And then you stopped. What happened? What happened? And the answer is, in retrospect, almost inequivocally, nothing. Well, somebody said something to me, or somebody was mean to me, or they, I misunderstood, or they didn't say what I wanted them to say, or that pastor's too short, fat, and bald, and he's annoying, and he's got a smart mouth, or whatever. It's some reason. you got a reason why we're not continuing to grow and persevere and gain character and gain hope and gain opportunity to give your testimony to other people. Well, what happened? You stopped. But we can't stop. I mean, Paul said, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And he's talking about a little bit of bad ruins a lot of good. Well, when you're running a race, if you, let's say you were running a mile, right? You were running a mile and you started off more, you were getting it. You were going to run a Four-minute mile or four or five-minute, let's say five, a seven-minute mile. You're going to run a seven-minute mile. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's don't be, I mean, we ain't all built like runners. I mean, a pretty quick mile. And you ran nine-tenths of it hard. And then you stopped and you stood there for a minute. And you wandered around in circles. And you thought about, what, what, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be? Am I really running the mile? I mean, what's your time look like? It don't look good. Yeah, but I ran hard almost the whole time. Huh. Almost the whole time? I was like swimming across the ocean. It was, I was swimming pretty good most of the time. Well, it don't take but just a little bit of swimming to stop. <clears throat> and you ain't swimming no more. <clears throat> the problem is, the deeper we get into the race, the more difficult we think it is. But the truth is, is that our body has grown adapt to running the race. Michael said today, if he felt like if he got up out of the bed and something didn't hurt, he was going to check the obituaries. <clears throat> but look here. He's still getting up out of bed. He's still going forward one foot in front of the other. And not everybody in here is a speed demon. Not everybody in here has a following that's, you know, hundreds or thousands. Not everybody's Philip on Facebook and have more friends than the law will allow. I mean, not, you know. But you do have people that you touch. You have people that know you. You have people that watch you every day to see, hmm, I wonder if they're going to act like a Christian today. I wonder if that same junk I heard yesterday is going to come here today. Because yesterday is sun shining and the birds were chirping and everything was great, but today it's raining and cold. Are they still going to have that same love for God today that they did yesterday? And that's what the race looks like. It's having the same love for God, the same love for people, the same personality, the same tenacity that I'm going to do right because it's right, right? The Bible says, do not grow weary in doing well and do not grow weary in well-doing. We can't just run most of the race and say, well, I did all I could do and... Then go get away from it. I mean, that's not what we're built to do. When, when we started this race, when, <clears throat> there are a couple races we're in, right? One, one, one we just trying to, to wake up breathing every day. That's it. We're waking up breathing today. Yeah, boy, I got a pulse. I'm going. And that race, everybody on the planet runs. 
But the Christian race, that opportunity to live like Jesus lived, and you go, well, that's impossible. You better believe it is. It is absolutely impossible. And without the love and grace of Christ, you are nothing. But now that you've got the love and grace of Christ and you accept him as your personal Savior, you have an opportunity to run a different kind of race. <clears throat> it's a different event. It's a time to where when we get a chance to look like superstars. Right? Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. All right. Um, 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> Paul talks about racing. That's Romans. I was going to say, that is not the right thing. You're right. That is not the right thing. That is the book of Romans. <sighs> um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. <clears throat> Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. For everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training they do, <clears throat> they do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. <clears throat> Paul talks about, I strike a blow to my body, making it a slave. So after I have preached to others that I myself will not be disqualified for the price. What he's talking about is... <clears throat> is how bad would it be for me to be a real good example for y'all for about 30, 45 minutes on a Sunday morning, and then I go about living my life however I would like to. That ain't a very good role model. That ain't a very good example. That's sure not a very good leader. We are all in the same race. We are all running towards the same price. Yet we have to run in a manner that does not disqualify us because when I get done, when I get done, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Because that is the prize. <clears throat> and whether it's one person that gets led to Jesus, or a thousand, or a hundred thousand, or a million, I don't, I don't have control over that. All I can do is run my race to the best of my absolute human ability. And when I do that, I look back and I'm satisfied with what I've done. Now... Does that mean that I don't have times where I tripped over the hurdles and felt like I didn't do a very good job? Oh, absolutely not. Every day. I miss opportunities every day. But being mindful that we are missing opportunities, being mindful that we can do a better job, being mindful that we have a job to do, that we are the light of the world, the hands and feet of Christ, that we are to go out into the world and preach the gospel, that's our job. And when we're, not, we're running our race and we're running it to the best of our ability, those things will come to fruition. And you go, well, you don't understand. I, that guy keeps talking about people who, who listen, and I don't got anybody that needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Whether you think they do or don't think they do. And the little gal at McDonald's that talks to you in the window, the person that pulls out in front of you in traffic, <clears throat> the people who get your drink order wrong. I mean, everybody needs Jesus. Everybody. And so you might not even know the opportunity you had to show somebody. You just be busy running your race. And when you're doing it and doing it the right way, it takes care of itself. I know I've told y'all the story <clears throat> that a guy that was here inspected this foundation. I led him to the Lord and led his wife to the Lord. It's in the weirdest places. Because I can tell you, I did not come to church that day to preach. 
But there's a spot over there under that foyer on that side that is mush. And it was, you couldn't make it anything but mush. We ended up having to dig up and put stone there and we couldn't get it to pass inspection. And it was raining and I was trying to pour the slab. I was not thinking about Jesus. But when I saw the opportunity, I said, whew, that's what I need to do. Because I'm glad the building got poured that day. I'm glad the building stands today. I'm glad there's not anything falling apart over there. But the truth of the matter is my number one goal that day was to lead that fellow to Jesus. Can't tell you his name. Can't tell you his wife's name. Don't have no idea. Don't care. Don't matter. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That's between them and God. But that day when I woke up, when I left the house, all I could focus on, all I could think about, all I could worry about is whether or not I was going to pass inspection in that corner because the rain was coming and I needed a slab pour. See, that's the problem. We get so wound up in the other race that we're in, the waking up breathing race or the rat race or the making sure ends meet race or making sure there's food on the table race or making sure my kids don't drive me crazy race or making sure my car's nice than everybody else's race or making sure I make more money than everybody else's race or that we go on better vacations than everybody else's race. See, that's the problem is there's so many races, you get tangled up in the stuff that doesn't matter. <coughs> it doesn't matter at all. Everything that you purchase deteriorates. Think about it. Everything that you have deteriorates, except for your relationship with God. You talk about my, your house, don't tend to it, see what happens, it will fall down. Talk about your car, don't put oil or gas in it, see how far it goes. Your jewelry will tarnish, your silver will go to nothing. Every possession on this planet deteriorates. And if you're hung up on worrying about crowns, Paul talked about crowns that are going to deteriorate. If you're worried about worried about crowns that are going to deteriorate, go ahead. But when it gets to the end, I ain't seen a Rolls Royce carry a single person to the graveyard. Not a single one. I ain't never seen them throw cash down on top of the box. <clears throat> Not a single time. Maybe they do. Maybe they do, Mr. Bobby. I don't know. If you figure out which ones they are, you let me know. We'll go get it. <laughs> That's granddaddy's old joke, right? This guy called us <clears throat> two friends in and said, he gave them both $40,000. And he said, you know, when I die, I want you to put this money in my casket. And so the guy died and the one guy slipped up there with an envelope and stuck it in the side of the casket. And a few minutes later, the other guy slipped up there and stuck it in the casket. And they got to talking about it and said, man, that was tough putting that $40,000 cash. He said, cash? I wrote him a check. <laughs> I'm gonna put a cash. I'm cash. Mm -mm. He needs it. He'll have to check. It'd be good. The problem is, is we get so wound up in all of the other races that's going on that we forget the most important race. The most important race is being a child of God. It's walking according to our calling, to being. One step in front of the other, right dead ahead, being that witness every day, every day, every day, every day. Because look here, you might be a good witness ten times in a row, and the eleventh time is the time that you've got to be a good witness to change somebody's life forever. When Marvin Connor first started working for me, I, never knew, I didn't know Marvin Connor until I come to church. First time I ever saw him in my life, he came in here, cried at the altar, got saved. That was the first time I'd ever laid eyes on him. When I started talking about him and his character and his personality, people go, we ain't talking about the same guy. That's, that must be a different person than what I'm talking about. 
And I'm like, you know, redheaded, Macedonia, boss lane, got a bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah, no, all that's right. But what you're telling me is wrong. Because he changed. It changed him. It changed his whole world. It changed his life. It changed his wife. It changed his whole world. And then I hired him. I just showed him what a Christian boss looked like. And he kept telling me, man, I ain't never had nobody treat me like this. I don't know how else to treat you, Bubba. I mean, I'm just trying to treat you like I want to be treated. I want to treat you in a Christian manner to where I'm fair and I'm going to do my job and I'm going to do the best I can. That's the race. That's the race. The race is to live like God wants us to live. 35,514 days in a row. If you fall down tomorrow or today, stand up tomorrow and brush yourself off and start over. The Bible says that His grace is renewed every day. Our race starts every day. And at the end of the race, I promise you, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. One last point. Revelations 12, 11. And it talks about all of the stuff that was taking place at the end of the world, right? This is a, and it says, and they overcame him with the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Now, how do you get a testimony? It's because you went through the race. You, you know, have you ever seen a, a sporting event when they get done? They, they get the star player and they go, hey, hey, tell me about what happened today. Oh, I just went out and did my job or whatever, right? I mean, whatever. My line blocked, my running backs ran, my pitcher threw good, whatever. At the end of the day, at the end of the race, I want to be able to humbly say, hey, I did what I did because God gave me the strength, right? God gave me the, the wisdom and the knowledge to do what I know how to do. The word of their testimony. That is how we run a good race. We have that good testimony that we are willing to share with people in opportunities. And when they're not in our opportunity, <clears throat> they're not running the same race as us, but we're still willing to share with them the wisdom and the knowledge of God. So we run our race day after day, after day, after day, after day, after day. And we're not going to get close to the finish line and then stop. We're going to run a full race. 35,514 days. Plus, plus, plus. Keep going. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this word that will go out that will not return void. We just give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Without praying